0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Permission to Love podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Henderson, and I'm so, so grateful that you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about unlearning. What does it mean to unlearn? What does it look like to unlearn? And why is it so important for us to unlearn in our healing journey? How do we begin to unlearn things like that feeling or that belief that there's something wrong with us? How do we begin to unlearn uh, the people pleasing part of ourselves or the stories or the narratives that we've told ourselves? Well, we're going to get into that in today's episode. Hey, and if you haven't done so yet, take a moment to subscribe or to follow this podcast. Uh, that'll make sure that you don't miss out on any other episodes. As well, if you wouldn't mind, leave a comment or rate it, review it, because uh, that's going to help continue to expand the reach of this podcast so that other people can hear about how they can heal their relationship with themselves and give themselves the permission to love themselves. You know, one of my favorite quotes about unlearning comes from the mystic uh, Sufi poet Rumi, who said this, that the highest form of learning is unlearning. I believe there's so much truth in that, so much so that you see it in almost every philosophy uh, or every religion that calls us to wisdom and to learning. Uh, For example, you would see Jesus telling his disciples uh, things like, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I tell you to turn the other cheek. I tell you to forgive your enemies. You also see it in the teachings of Lao Tzu, who would say, in order to obtain knowledge, add things every day. But in order to obtain wisdom, remove things every day. You also see it in Buddhism and Zen and meditation, mindfulness, which often encourages us to keep hold of or to come from a beginner's mind, to not think that we know everything, but to actually let go of the things that we think that we know so that we can get a hold of the things that we need to know. Because as long as we think we know everything, or as long as we're holding on to the stories about ourselves, about life, and about others, we don't have room to absorb or to bring in new beliefs. We're, we're all full with everything that we think that we know. We're so full of knowledge and beliefs that are actually beginning to harm us that we don't have room to adopt and absorb new beliefs, more healthy beliefs, and more helpful beliefs. Now, this whole unlearning thing for me uh, is fairly new, only in the last five to seven years, and in the beginning was a pretty uncomfortable concept for me because I've always considered myself a lifelong learner, Has taken pride in that. I mean, I have thousands and thousands of books. I've gone to multiple seminars, uh, multiple week-long retreats in order to understand and to learn and to grow. I have multiple degrees. And so I'm always trying to figure out how to learn, how to grow. Uh, But when it came to my healing journey, I realized that I wasn't going to learn my way out of it. I mean, learning was a part of it. I mean, believe me, as soon as I started my healing journey, I was reading book after book on psychology and therapy and spirituality and everything I could get my hands on to figure out how I could heal. But there came a point to where I really began to understand that if I was truly going to heal, not only did I need to learn, I first had to unlearn. I had to let go of limiting beliefs. I had to unlearn the things that people told me about myself. I had to unlearn how relationships worked. I had to unlearn what love looked like. I had to unlearn the stories that I was telling myself because I had to drop all of that in order for me to move forward because what was happening for me was I was gaining all of this new knowledge, but right alongside of it, was that old knowledge, that old narrative that was whispering in my ear. And so I had to figure out how to deal with the old narrative, the old stories, the old beliefs, and really begin to uproot them one by one in order for that learning of what I needed to do to heal to take place in my life. So what is it that I mean and that others mean when we talk about the process of unlearning? Uh, If you've ever tried to take up a sport like tennis or golf, you get out there and if you're not working with a coach or somebody who can give you some sense of instructions you start to pick up bad habits pretty quickly. You might be holding the club wrong or the racket wrong. You might be dropping your shoulder as you swing. You might be turning your wrist as you're hitting the tennis ball. And so there's all of these mechanics that need to happen that you need to learn in the beginning. Uh, And if you're not learning them, you're picking up bad habits. That is then developing this muscle memory and you're out there hitting the ball, trying to figure out what's wrong. And you're just defaulting to what your muscle memory is at that point. And then it's a lot more difficult for a coach to get you to unlearn a certain behavior or pattern that you've picked up than it is to teach you the right way in the beginning. Well, unfortunately, many of us who experience trauma and painful life experiences, we didn't get the chance to learn what healthy relationships look like. We didn't get the chance to understand that we are love and that we're loved because we exist, not because of our performance, not because we have to prove ourselves. We didn't get to learn the basic fundamentals of what love looked like, what feeling safe felt like, and what relationships would look like, what healthy relationships would look like. And we didn't get the chance to develop a healthy view of ourselves. And we begin to see ourselves as broken, as flawed, uh, as something that needed to be fixed. And so unlearning is going back and beginning to unlearn and let go of those beliefs about ourselves and others and life. Now, I'm not going to try to blow any smoke or pretend that the unlearning process isn't difficult. You know, I love the story about the guy who wanted to try to teach people how to ride a bicycle backwards. And that's not riding it backwards in terms of going in reverse, but it was riding the bicycle backwards in terms of when you turned the handles left, the bike actually would go right, and when you turn the handles right, the bike actually went left. So The turning mechanism was backwards, and it took people a long time to figure out how to do that, and very few people were able to do it. He would actually go to universities and other speaking events and offer $100 for anybody who could get up on the stage and immediately begin to ride the bicycle backwards absolutely everybody failed at the task and nobody got the $100. Well, what we later find out is it took him about eight months to really figure out how to do that and do it well. Uh, and it was a real learning process for him to unlearn how to ride the bike like he'd been trained as a child and start to ride it differently. Now, later when he decided he wanted to go back to riding the bike normally, it only took him a matter of a few days to figure out how to go back to riding it the old way. Now, the interesting thing is he started to teach his young child how to ride the bike backwards And they picked it up really quick because they were still in that learning mode of how to ride a bike and they hadn't had all of this embedded muscle memory training and experience with the bicycle to know that it needed to go uh, in a certain direction. And their brains picked it up a lot faster because they had more of a beginner's mind about riding the bicycle. Well, this experiment taught me a couple of things. One, uh, that it's a lot easier to learn something when I don't have all of this embedded history about what I believe about myself and who I think I am and how I think life operates. And then the second is it's also a lot easier for me to do default back to old patterns uh, and it's a lot easier for me to default back to old belief systems and I have to be more intentional and more vigilant to pick up those new belief systems and really begin to get comfortable in practicing a new set of core beliefs about who I am and practicing a new set of behaviors and habits that serve me better than the old ones that I've learned. Now, the other thing about unlearning is that it is intentional and it is active. It's not passive. It's also not about denial. It's not about refusing to see uh, the things that we need to unlearn. We're not simply ignoring those things. We're getting very intentional and very active in the unlearning process. Now, let's go ahead and get into what does the unlearning process look like? You know, we all have things that we need to unlearn and you're not the only one. So be easy with yourself, be gentle with yourself and don't beat yourself up because you have some core beliefs or some things that you need to let go of and that you need to unlearn. Celebrate the fact that you're on a healing journey, that you've actually been the one who said that you want to heal. Celebrate the fact that your foot is on the path And celebrate that you are going to identify things that you need to unlearn. That you have a willingness to do that. And so instead of nitpicking, shaming, uh, criticizing, and judging yourself for things that you need to unlearn, listen, we all have the things that we need to unlearn. Celebrate yourself for the fact that you're willing to even be curious about what it might look like to transform your relationship with yourself. Now, as I said... We all have those things that we need to unlearn. We need to unlearn the voice of an abusive parent, or we need to unlearn uh, the way that an abusive or traumatic relationship taught us that love shows up and how love acts. We need to unlearn the stories and the narratives that we have about ourselves. Those are the things that we're going to be talking about. How do we unlearn those things? Now, the first thing I want to ask you to do as you're watching this or listening to this is to identify one thing that you want to unlearn. I just want you to get it in your mind because that's going to help us as we walk through these next steps to really have something practical or something that you actually want to work on instead of it just being a theory. Now, in order to help you identify that, I want you to think about uh, something that we talked about earlier, which is that muscle memory. When it comes to sports or riding a bike, uh, our bodies will default to a certain behavior or a certain practice. We also have emotional and mental uh, and even spiritual uh, reactions that are kind of muscle memory emotionally and mentally. And when we get put in certain positions, like when somebody is asking us to do something for them and we don't want to do it, and we kind of automatically say yes, uh, that we talked about in the people-pleasing episode. And because of the trauma that you might have experienced, you have that muscle memory of how I should respond in certain situations. And this response makes me safe, and this response makes me unsafe and causes danger. You might have a muscle memory emotionally around, in order to be loved, I need to do this or I need to act that way. Uh, And you haven't learned that you are worthy of love just because you draw breath and because you exist. Uh, I learned, for example, that in order for me to be safe, I needed to stay out of the way and I needed to not make anybody angry. Well, that later translated for me to staying out of the way and not wanting to make other people angry, even to the point of self-denial, to the point of self-betrayal, and then that all began to build up. And then as a part of that, that contributed to my self-hatred and self-loathing because I learned staying safe meant staying out of the way and not making people upset, and that meant I needed to violate myself. So I had to go through a process of relearning, because even when I was safe, even when I was out of that abusive environment, my system still had that muscle memory. My emotions still had that muscle memory. So I needed to unlearn what it meant to be able to be in a relationship, to feel safe, to allow my voice to be heard, to be able to stand up for myself, And to be able to not be walked on or for me to try to please other people in order to get their love. So I hope that will help you in identifying that thing that you might want to unlearn so that you can relearn. Uh, Whether it's emotionally, mentally, or physically, that thing that always pops up that you're so frustrated with yourself about that you wish you wouldn't do or that you wish that you didn't learn that about uh, relationships or life. Go ahead and get that in your mind because we're going to be talking about how you can begin to unlearn that. So I consider that step one in the unlearning process is to actually identify something or to bring into our awareness something that we want to unlearn. Because we'll often just allow it to be buried and we'll just allow it to be there and we'll just be frustrated with ourselves and be frustrated with that behavior. But what we want to do is we want to call attention to the fact that we want to unlearn that. And that'll change the energy with it from something that we're living with to something that we're going to actively and intentionally unlearn. Now, the second thing I think that's really important in unlearning is being teachable. A willingness to admit that you might be wrong about that belief system. You know, it gets so wired in us that we think we're right. And we're often not even aware of the fact that we're showing up or behaving in a certain way. Uh, And we look at other people and we think, wow, the way that they're doing it seems really unhealthy. For example, you might get in a relationship and you feel like that you need to explain to somebody everything that you do and tell them about your every move. And they're kind of looking at you like, Uh, I don't need to know all of that. I I appreciate it, but I'm okay. You don't have to tell me that. Now, you might see that that's an uncaring response from them, but what they're actually trying to do is to trust you and empower you to let you know that it's okay. I trust you. You don't need to tell me your every move, but you have felt like in other relationships, you needed to tell them your every move because you were being controlled. You weren't being trusted and somebody had you under their thumb And now when you're in a more healthy relationship, their response seems unhealthy to you. So what we're doing is we're becoming aware of the fact that we have an unhealthy belief system, an unhealthy response to things. And we're going to have to now be willing to see it and to admit that maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's not that they're uncaring. Maybe that's more healthy than the way that I learned how to do it. And be willing to admit that what you think and how you feel might be wrong. I'm not saying that you are. And I'm not saying that the other person is right. I'm just saying that in order for us to unlearn, we have to have a position of humility. We have to have a position of being willing to admit that we might have a wrong belief system. Now, here's one caveat for people who've experienced trauma and shame. We think we're wrong about everything, right? So there's going to be a real balance that's needed here to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, there are things that I believe that are right, that are healthy in a relationship, but there are also things that maybe I need to say uh, that might be something that I need to let go of because it's not serving me anymore, which that then leads me to the third point, which is We need to become curious. You know, I'm a huge fan of curiosity if you've listened to any of my episodes. And this curiosity really is about digging into, once again, how is that behavior serving me? How is that core belief serving me? It was helpful for me in unlearning things to identify how that was serving me, how it was keeping me safe because it's really hard to let go of something that you think is serving you or is keeping you safe. So this is really about identifying how is this thing helping you feel safe, even if it's not really keeping you safe. Your brain's playing those little tricks on you, right? It's the the thing about it's better to be with the devil that you know than the devil that you don't know. So this is where it gets really interesting as we begin to identify How does my brain, how does my body think that that thing, that behavior is keeping me safe? Or how is it serving me? It might be something that you've learned is an ability to manipulate other people. That you can get other people to do something for you if you have that response And you realize now that you don't want to live that way. You don't want to live from a manipulative position. And so you're going to have to unlearn how manipulation gets people to do things and to learn how to get that need met in a healthy way. So once we've become curious and we've identified how that's serving us, we can then start to move on to the practice of letting it go. So what are some ways that we can begin to let go or practice letting go? Well, I think the first, as we've talked about, is we've identified how it's serving us. And so now you can actually tell that behavior or that belief system, thank you. Thank you for serving me. Thank you for helping keep me safe. Thank you for the things that you've provided me. Now I don't need you anymore. I don't need you in that way anymore. And I let you go. See, what that's doing is it's changing the energy from this combative sense of, hey, I want to get rid of this behavior. I'm trying to shove it out of my life to really honoring it, recognizing that it did bring some benefit to you. And it's also honoring you, letting you know that, yes, that behavior you kept around because it was serving you. And there's nothing wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're just now beginning to realize that, We just don't want it to serve us anymore, and it's not serving us anymore. And we want to honor it. We want to say thank you to it. Even if it's one of those things that you can't make any sense about how it was serving you, honor it, then tell it thank you, and then tell it that it can go now. Okay, now that we're starting to let go of some of those things, We now need to start entering into that relearning process. And listen, it's okay that maybe you're in that gap stage because you're unlearning something. You're like, well, I'm unlearning and recognizing that that's not good and I don't want to be that way and I'm going to unlearn that behavior, but I'm not yet sure uh, what I need to learn or how a healthy relationship actually looks and how do I learn that part? That's okay. Okay. It's okay when we get into the no man's land, as I call it, where we're leaving where we were, but we're not quite yet where we want to be, and we're stuck in that little bit of space that feels very uncomfortable, very vulnerable, and we want to revert and go back to the old behaviors. But we're going to have to learn to sit in that uncomfortableness of not knowing of not understanding how we move forward or understanding what healthy behaviors or healthy belief systems look like, feel like, etc. That's okay. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the party. Anybody who has healed has gone through that process. And I got to tell you, for me, it was one of the most uncomfortable processes. There's a space of like life feeling meaningless and purposeless. And I don't know, I I I can't understand how to move forward. I've left what was comfortable and served me, uh, but I've committed to healing. And I don't know what's on the other side of this hill, but gosh, it's gotta be better than what was back there. So keep that in mind as you're tempted to go back there, but you don't yet kind of know what's on the other side of that hill. Realize that what's on the other side of that hill is a lot better than what you've left. So once again, that's just part of the healing package as we journey on the path of learning to heal ourselves and transform our relationship with ourselves. Okay, now we're in the process. We're in the process of unlearning. We're in the process of letting go. Now we've created space. Okay, we've created space within us to begin to relearn some things, to relearn what a healthy relationship looks like, to relearn how a healthy relationship with ourselves looks like, how to love ourselves, how we behave towards ourselves, how we treat ourselves, and beginning to get new tools, new things that can begin to service. Now, we're going to have to take risks of being able to be vulnerable. We have to take risks of putting ourselves out there. We have to take the risk of standing up for ourselves take the risk of saying no to somebody that we've always said yes to. So there's gonna be a process of learning new behaviors and learning how we're gonna show up in this world. It's just like learning anything else. We're gathering new information, we're testing it, we're taking the risk to try it, we're making adjustments along the way. And it's often a process of trial and error. There is no right way to heal. You're a unique individual and the practices and the things that you need are going to be different for me. And there's just no real getting around the fact that relearning is work. It doesn't always come easily. It doesn't have to be as hard as we think it does. I mean, we don't have to beat ourselves up and, and make this intentionally hard, but there is some difficulty in training and a part of the relearning process is repetition We're unlearning the thoughts that we thought about ourselves, and we're repeating and instilling new thoughts about ourselves. We're changing the habits of how we treated ourselves or acted towards ourselves, and we're going through this process of consistently showing up each day, of treating ourselves in a different way until it gets embedded in us or we have a breakthrough. There is that learning circle that's talked about, which is to learn, unlearn, relearn, have a breakthrough, and then go through that process again. You know, we've all had that process where we're trying to learn something and maybe it was a little difficult on the front end, but then all of a sudden you had this moment where it clicked and you're like, oh, I get it now. I understand it. I can see it. That's that breakthrough moment where all of a sudden it starts to embed in you and it becomes something that's more natural for you. You really begin to understand it. And so relearning about healthy relationship with ourselves and with others Same process is going to happen. We're going to go through that process of repetition. We're going to go through the process of practicing things. And all of a sudden, we'll have this breakthrough moment where we understand our worth. We understand how we want to be treated. We're no longer going to allow ourselves to think that being treated poorly is just a part of life and how relationships are supposed to work because that's how we learned it. All of a sudden, we begin to put ourselves in positions to see how more healthy relationships look. We begin to go through that coaching process and be able to see, oh, that's not normal behavior, uh, the way that that person's treating me. Oh, I shouldn't speak to myself that way or whatever the scenario is. We need input. We need to see other examples. We need to get out there and begin to look and take the risks to see what is healthy, what is normal, and begin to learn and then begin to integrate it into our life. So as we close, let's walk through real quick that thing that you identified in the beginning uh, that you wanted to change or you wanted to unlearn. So you first identified it. You brought awareness to it. Then there needs to become a willingness to admit that Maybe you're wrong about that opinion of yourself or that opinion of how relationships work. Then third, getting into becoming curious about how is that belief or that thing that you learned keeping you safe with yourself and in relationships. Then number four, now that you've seen how it's tried to keep you safe, but it's really not keeping you safe anymore and it's bringing more harm than good. Can you start the practice of letting it go? Can you say thank you for what it did to help serve you, but recognize that you don't need it anymore and then think it and let it go? Can you be patient with yourself while you're in the middle of that no man's land where you don't quite yet know how to practice a new healthy behavior, but you're willing to let go of the old? And then can you be willing to relearn or to go out and find new ways and discover new ways about how uh, you can treat yourself, talk to yourself, or show up in relationships? And then can you be willing to put that into practice and allow that new and more healthy habit to be integrated into your life until you have that moment of a breakthrough, until you begin to see that is a more helpful and healthy way for me to treat myself and to show up in life. Well, thank you for joining Another episode of the Permission to Love podcast. I'm always so grateful that you take your time to show up, to listen, to watch. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for making that investment in yourself. And I want to remind you that if you want to take that next step of investment in yourself, uh, check out my coaching program. You can find more information at www.jerryhenderson.org forward slash coaching. Or you can simply go to the show notes in this episode and you'll find a link there. You are worthy of investing in yourself. You are worthy of learning how to heal your relationship with yourself and to learn how to give yourself the permission to love yourself. You don't need to live in shame, self-loathing, self-sabotaging anymore. You can live the life that's in your heart that you want to live. And finally, as always, remember that you are worthy of your own life.